is the J-Cut, and this is the K-Cut. I'm Rachel, and I am fond of lost films, classic movies, and international cinema. Who's with me? James here, content creator, artist, and stay-at-home husband. I am one half of the Prefer Not to Say podcast. I produce all this music under the alias Boutique Paul, and I am part of the Films Fatale writing team. I'm Andreas. I am the creator and one of the head writers of Films Fatale, and I love uh, international cinema, art house, and a little bit of everything. And speaking of everything, uh, we're going to get into the holidays this episode, because first and foremost, it's that time of year. So happy holidays, everybody, no matter what you believe in, no matter what you celebrate, um, we're, we're you know happy to you know, wrap up another interesting year and I uh, look forward to hopefully a better one. So everything is going to be nice and chipper this episode, except for the fact that I got thinking. So last year we did some unconventional uh, Christmas movies or holiday films as well. And this year, because I like the idea of being a little off kilter and not just going straight into, you know, Christmas classics or other holiday films, let's discuss... Uh, perhaps because after 2020 and 2021, we could be a little grinchy. Let's discuss our least favorite holiday films of all time. But in the second half of the episode, make things a little bit more uh, full of joy by discussing some of our favorite Christmas or holiday cinematic traditions. So if we go see movies or what films we put on in particular. But first and foremost, let's get let's get grinchy. And uh, we, we know... We've all seen Christmas films or holiday films of all different varieties. We've seen, you know, the greats. We've seen some Hallmark ones that they have on TV because that's kind of become a very stable industry now. But we've also seen a fair share of garbage, have we not? So that's what we're going to go into. What has been the worst holiday film we've ever seen? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, Rachel, what is the worst holiday film you've ever seen? What made you miss out on a nice Christmas because you watched it and he said, wow, my Christmas was ruined. Okay, when I was about 10 or so, DVDs were still pretty novel, at least in my family, and we had just gotten a DVD player. So I was given as a stocking stuffer something from the bargain bin. This never ends well. And that was, well, it has two titles. It's mostly known as The Great Rupert, but it's also called A Christmas Wish. It's a family children's movie starring Jimmy Durante from about 1950. And it's about a guy who's down in his luck and his Christmas is saved by a magic squirrel who dances. A squirrel? A squirrel. And it's it's this horrible, I don't know if it's taxidermied or just a stuffed squirrel, but it looks absolutely horrific. I believe this oh version my God. is badly colorized too. Oh my God. Yes. I'm sorry. I just looked up a picture of this thing and it's wearing a kilt and a hat. What it's in the terrifying. hell is this? And you know, this is, this is, a, it's meant for children, so it's supposed to be a little bit simple, but this was like the quality, you know, on The Simpsons, when the children watch the happy little elves and instantly get bored by it, it's about that level of quality. Like even kids don't get taken in by this one. So, you know, it's nice that I got that as a gift, but at the same time, Santa, really, what were you thinking? Um, okay. So what, what exactly happens in this? Because like, I'm, I'm looking at these pictures and I, I, first off, how is this, uh, how is this even like holiday themed? Like, does this, uh, does this squirrel, is the squirrel the titular nutcracker of sorts? If you catch my drift. Yeah. I believe that the way the story goes, it's been a long time since I've seen this is that it, uh, somehow earns him money because he's down on his luck and allows him to have a good Christmas. You know, there's about a million plots along those lines. So, 
Yeah, it's pretty atrocious, but there was a single that came out of it that was pretty big for Jimmy Durante, and so that's the chief reason why... Well, the movie's completely forgotten, but that's why you might ever bring it up. Although, please don't. Just just avoid this thing. It's it's not so much offensively bad as kind of useless. What's the single? Like, what what good could have come out of this? Like, what what is this song? Uh, it's called... What was the song? Take an L? Yeah, okay. I don't know why it's called that, but anyway, yeah. Um, and there was oh, there was one called "Christmas Comes But Once a Year." That's the one. There, there were a couple of singles apparently, but "Christmas Comes But Once a Year" is the important one. I think it was moderately successful. Yeah, I feel like I might have heard that one. So wait, that was written for this movie, apparently. But oh again, my goodness, the movie's not worth checking out, even if you like the song. Sorry, guys. Uh, James, do you have any uh, any thoughts on a film that uh, one just could not have thought up if even if they tried? Well, apparently they did. Like, I don't know. I mean, I watched Manos, but anything's uh, possible, I, I guess. But the, again, this looks like does the squirrel move? Because I haven't seen this. Does sort it actually, of. Like, it kind of. It's kind of like those weird old animatronics or whatever at Disneyland. Like it, <laughs> it moves, but it's extremely uncanny valley weird. <laughs> I'm uh I'm so happy I made this the topic this week already. This is <laughs> this has already been golden. Uh, I, I'm not gonna check that out. Any any parting words for the not so great Rupert? Um, yeah, it's it's pretty much the mediocre Rupert. So even if you have children and you need to keep them busy at Christmas, choose a better movie, please. Or I mean, perhaps just uh, check out the squirrels outside in your yard. I think that might actually be better better off uh james what about you what is uh what is the stinker you got in your stocking that you know once once upon a christmas yeah to be perfectly honest i've never really had a film like that because i never go out of my way to watch holiday movies so there really isn't one that's just so bad that you know ruined ruined christmas free but i will just take this moment to once again and i did this before talk about how much i don't care for a christmas story oh no oh See, now I regret this. Okay, uh, what's wrong with A Christmas Story? Because it's just, it's. I've seen it too much. There was no reason to play it for 24 hours every single year. And personally, I don't think it even aged well. I think it's super dated and not even relevant, especially with the fact kids don't play with toys really anymore. At who has Who has BB guns anymore anyway? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just one of those things. It's just... I don't know. It's just so overplayed that I'm just like, get it away from me. Can we just delete this? But yeah, for the most part, I don't really go out of my way to watch holiday movies. And I also haven't really seen any of a lot of, because, you know, there's all those manufactured Christmas movies that come out all the time. And I figured it'd be too easy to try to find one of those to pick on because though they're terrible, they do give people jobs. And I think it's unfortunate that there are people who depend on those kinds of movies because they're just awful, which also the amount of movies there are of those kinds proves that capitalism does not breed innovation. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> we get the same variation, of the same story. It's like someone's going home for the holidays and there's always like family drama or something like that. Or it's like some cheesy like love story. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I decided to, you know, pick, choose chaos and talk trash about a beloved Christmas film. A Christmas Story isn't like a bad movie, I think, by any stretch. It is not the one I would pick for Christmas, though. 
which which is uh it's interesting because it feels like it it was basically made to be that but on the other hand it almost feels like to a weird extent it's not really the antithesis of the the golden age uh christmas film but it obviously was meant to cater to a different audience of a different time like this is like not really edgy but this is this is more like like a boys will be boys type of christmas story you know so maybe on that front, maybe it hasn't aged well. Uh, so I, I would agree with that. But I mean, um, that's a spicy take, James. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure there's people out there that agree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, any any parting words for a Christmas story before we lose all of our listeners? Uh, no. I mean, it'll never go away. So there's really no true parting words that will ever be for that movie. There's also a musical, you know. Oh, really? Because <laughs> there's a musical for everything. You are our encyclopedia for what is or is not a, a musical. Okay, when did this come out? Uh, I don't, I think it was fairly recent. Uh, the th- a theater I used to work for did it a few years back. I think it's probably like fine and it brings in lots of people and that's the important thing with theaters. So, Was it at least called a Christmas musical? No, it's a Christmas story, the musical. Oh, God, oh that's so wordy. Oh, well, I mean, what can you do? I think um, on one hand, again, it's a spicy take, but on the other hand, maybe it's for the for the best because that is something about holiday films where the fact that they're you know relied upon on television and played so often, so frequently on the dime, you know it's going to happen, and yet it always does happen. You know, right on time. It's the exact same films. Like, like the same batch of 15 or 20. So at least it presents a different side of the equation where, um, you know, it's not necessarily a terrible film, but in the essence of what Christmas films are and how they are approached, maybe it's one that you're just really tired of seeing of. So uh, one that I don't think will be picked up ever, though, um, is my one. And... Anybody who uh, knows me knows that this is coming. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not even going to like try to try to hype it up because it's one of the the worst things I've ever seen. Uh, it's uh, Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. Oh my um, god! <laughs> which I have, uh, have sadly. I've... I've only heard of this movie. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I I know it by reputation. Well, sadly, I have seen it. I, uh, curiosity killed the cat and it almost killed me too um this is uh one of uh yeah not even just the worst christmas film it's uh, one of the worst films of all time that i've ever seen like bottom five um it's directed by uh, darren Dwayne. i think that's how you pronounce it he's done music videos for like blink 182 and stuff um yeah and and then he he made and produced and wrote and actually stars in this alongside Kirk Cameron, who, um, just to give you a bit of information, this movie is so bad. It's got like three different intros and that's instantly where you can tell that this was like something that could have been 10 minutes long and they made it into 80 minutes. Um, basically Kirk Cameron, because he's the, the godliest man on earth is, uh, approached as, you know, you know, this, this great representation of Christianity. He was approached by 
Yeah, his, uh, I think it's his brother-in-law, um, who's played by the director, Darren Duane. And he's having uh, a conflicted type of realization of a Christmas. Now, when you look at the trailer for this film, it looks like it's like an atheist who's like, who doesn't believe in Christianity. And that's like, okay, fine. Maybe I could see what, like why you would make this film. Uh, no, it's, it's a Christian who doesn't understand Christmas traditions because they're not related to the Bible. And Kirk Cameron's basically for the entire film telling this guy, you are wrong about your own Christianity. This is why Christmas, uh, as we know it, with Christmas trees and Santa and stuff, is still biblical. And it actually gets worse than that, believe it or not. It sounds wonderful. Um, it comes complete with uh, uh, a religious uh, rap verse of sorts. It's like a rap battle, like a spoken word type thing. Um, auto-tuned remixes of Christmas carols and what feels like a 20-minute dance-off at the end of the film. Because, again, they just padded for time. Um, stuff that looks like it comes straight out of Lord of the Rings, but it's like uh, St. Nicholas kicking people's butts. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about this. Well, I think we should have a smorgasbord where we all watch each other's horrible Christmas movies. What do you say? <laughs> I think Andreas uh, would love to watch the Dungeon uh, Squirrel. Actually, yeah. The squirrel one I could the squirrel one I could forgive. I just Kirk Cameron is just something else. But here's the thing about the Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. Um this has nothing to do with uh, you know, one's faith. I can imagine a lot of religious people really despising this film, especially because, again, it's not so much that uh, Kirk Cameron's trying to get people to believe in the spirit of Christmas and in Jesus Christ. It's about him saying, you are believing in Christianity wrong. Let me tell you how to be a Christian. And it's like the most condescending thing I may have ever seen in a movie. So, yeah, let's let us uh, move on from all of this uh, holiday cynicism and get into some of our Christmas traditions, uh, strictly ones involving, you know, our love of movies, our cinephilia. So uh, do we, especially because a lot of great movies are savored for Christmas, especially ones that aren't even, you know, holiday themed. Perhaps it's, you know, the whole thing with the Academy Awards and trying to be released at the end of the year. la di da do we have any cinematic traditions that we love to do around the holiday season? And, you know, just for argument's sake, we can include like New Year's and stuff after like Hanukkah and Christmas and all of that stuff. Uh, who wants to go first? Well, um, I grew up in a clergy family, so Christmas is always really, really bad for us. We're always busy. There's tons of services and things like that. And so it's not really a holiday. We work harder than normal times and everybody in the family gets stuck doing things like being in the choir or things like that. So on Christmas Eve, there are usually three or four church services we're involved in. It's exhausting. There's tons of running back and forth, but there's always a little bit of downtime in the evening in between services. And so there's two or three hours where there's a perfect amount of time to watch a movie. A lot of the time we'll just go with what's on TV or we'll pick a classic like It's a Wonderful Life or maybe one of the Harry Potter movies, something nice. I think the movie I'd like to highlight most, because it's my mom's favorite, is the Alistair Sims version of A Christmas Carol, which, according to her, is the most faithful to the book and the best portrayal by the actor. And I'm inclined to agree. It's really the classic version, but it's quite sincere. And as we were talking about with Little Women a couple of weeks ago, 
the filmmakers believed the book and they weren't trying to make, they weren't trying to just capitalize off a holiday movie. So I would recommend that to anybody who is looking for a different kind of Christmas movie that maybe slips through the cracks because there have been more recent versions of A Christmas Carol. That sounds really interesting. And I love that you provided the uh, like the context and the background behind it because um, it, it really does show like how meaningful it is to, you know, to your loved ones and yourself. Absolutely. Uh, James, what about yourself? Uh, what is your family or personal holiday tradition? Yeah, so I didn't really grow up with any specific traditions, nor did I have really any of my own intentionally, and I don't really have many now. Just every year is always something different, so there's really nothing I can keep consistent. But I do, as a kid, when I watch way too much television, uh, during the holiday times, they would always have everything syndicated that could possibly be a classic Christmas, whatever. But one movie that I always liked watching around the holiday time is home alone. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Just cause it's, it's by far one of the best Christmas movies ever, but just, I don't know. There's just something about it that is, I think that's really one of those movies that really shows what the spirit of Christmas is all about. But also I think it's just, I don't think it gets enough credit for being, a good movie as much as it is for certain other things. Like obviously Macaulay Culkin's great, but I don't think John Hughes is appreciated enough nowadays. And this was during his reign, like especially like the eighties, early nineties, John Hughes, especially as a writer, John Hughes walked. So Aaron Sorkin could run. That's very astute. I never thought of that. Yeah, it's like you, you when you look at his movies, they're not only entertaining, they're really well written. Like he understands character development, he's just, you know, just dialogue in general, nothing sounds out of place. And um though he's not really often like talked in conversations, I think Chris Columbus is a very adequate director in this sense cuz I I think it also comes from he's kind of like a discount Steven Spielberg. <laughs> okay. He he kind of he has big vision, but it's not like Spielberg level. It's like if you wanted like the store brand version, Chris Columbus is where it's at. Because if you look at the stuff he's done, like, you know, the first few Home Alones or something like like Harry Potter, for example, because he did what? The first two of them? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like very much if you look at just visually in the kind of world he tries to build, it's very much kind of in line with what Steven Spielberg does with his movies. But yeah, I just think, you know, just overall, it's a good movie. Also, just from a writing aspect, I think the way he had the story pan out with the burglars and Kevin is just, it's like, it was, it's great because it's very reminiscent of classic slapstick, but it also is juxtaposed in this modern sense. Also, I will watch anything with Joe Pesci. Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's, that's my pick. Cool. Well, I think that's, uh, that's one that a lot of people can certainly identify with, uh, with, with my own one. Uh, I've got two uh, miniature answers. So uh, my family, um, one of the big reasons why I got into like, you know, the award season race was uh, not really being able to put two and two together when I was younger. Like this is around when I was like a late teenager, Um, even like when I was like in my mid teens. So like 15, 16, and we would go see some we would go out to the cinema like pr- pretty much every day even like new year's day when like it would just be like stone empty cold like nobody was here um we would go see movies so um 
you know, I saw stuff like uh, Cold Mountain and stuff when I was younger. But then when I started getting around to like, there will be blood in No Country for Old Men and Atonement that one year, 2007, I was like really getting excited for like the Academy Awards because all of these films that I had just seen were starting to starting to be picked up by the award season. And that was something that I was always thankful for. But um, my other uh, my other answer, and this one isn't too true anymore, but I'm going to supply like one that my uh, siblings and I had as a kid just because I want to like toss in a film in there somewhere because we don't really do like Christmas films anymore. Uh, my family's super into like the Hallmark stuff, which is not really, not really my wheelhouse. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to be too negative about it. Um, but the common ground that we did share when we were younger, um, and I don't know if uh, either of you will have any uh, connection to this at all, but uh, there's this uh, short that we used to have on VHS, um, A Pink Christmas starring the Pink Panther. And it's from, uh, it's from the late 70s. And it's a very simple story, obviously uh, dialogue-free because it's the Pink Panther, uh, the animated one, of course. Um, he's trying to... The titular character is trying to enjoy like a Christmas feast or just food of any sort around the holiday season. And he keeps uh, all of his attempts keep getting thwarted. And it's uh, it's one of those ones. It feels very Charlie Brown in in feel, even though it's it's not the same thing, but it feels kind of similar with like guy down on his luck, kind of like Charlie Brown. But it, it, it resolves very, very wholesomely and, and warmly at the end. So, yes, a pink Christmas. I've never seen that, but I am familiar with the animated series, the the Pink Panther. It's worth watching. I mean, I got really, really stoked last year because um, I always wanted to show uh, my girlfriend stuff from my youth. And when I stumbled upon this on YouTube, which I believe it's still there, I like flipped my lid. I was like, oh my God, here it is. So I, I have seen it as an adult. It's... Uh, it's cute. It's it does the job. I won't say it's like one of the greatest shorts I've ever seen, but for uh, nostalgic purposes, I was very very excited. But for anybody who's never seen it before, it's half an hour. It's really really wholesome and warm. Um, it's innocent. It, it, it it's harmless to watch. Better that than the uh, the dancing squirrel, right? Well, that thing looks like like you said it was like taxidermized and like uh, they they shoved like. Uh, Oh my god, what's the name of that robot from like the 80s and 90s? Uh, Short Circuit. It looks like they shoved that guy into like a like a little squirrel. So yeah, it looks that looks frightening. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, to get that nightmarish image out of your head, um, we're going to go into our weekly recommendations. But before we do that, uh, wh- where can you find us on social media unless you're a dancing squirrel? We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the K-Cut, and our movies for Cinematic Smorgasbord this month are collectively Never Fear and individually Summertime, Splendor, and Persona. So definitely check those out if you want to follow along at home. Fantastic. I'm sure if you try hard enough, any or all of those can be holiday films. Nonetheless, uh, we're going to get into our random recommendations. Uh, they don't have to be holiday-themed unless you want to be uh, continuously festive. Uh, Rachel, what is your random recommendation? Well, this is going to surprise all of you, but it's a Katherine Hepburn movie. 
And that, oh, wow. that is The Lion in Winter, which I don't think you would think of as a Christmas film, but it not only takes place at Christmas, the entire reason why it's happening is Christmas as Henry and Henry II and Eleanor of Aquitaine congregate with their horrible, horrible children. It's a great sort of family bickering movie. Peter O'Toole and Catherine Hepburn are amazing. You've got young Timothy Dalton and young Anthony Hopkins, and it's just perfect for anybody looking for a slightly different type of Christmas movie. I will say this, if you like watching films with great acting, it's great on all fronts, but if you want to see a film with great acting, this is for sure one of those movies that you're going to get just nothing but beautiful, heavy performances from. So I I second that notion. James, what about you? So I'm going to go with Die Hard. Okay, well, we know that's a Christmas film. (laughs) That's definitely a Christmas film. There are very few films that constantly remind you that it's Christmas time. Like that film. Yeah, nothing else to say about it. Just die hard. It's awesome. <laughs> just just that side about it. Um, oh, God. Now I feel like I have to be on the spot about... Okay, well, uh, I'll go with one that I loved as a teenager because I can't think of anything else right now. Uh, similarly, this isn't a, an explicitly Christmas film, but... Um, when I was a teenager, my favorite film, and I don't really feel the same way anymore, but it, it was Edward Scissorhands by, by Tim Burton. And, you know, the idea that this is this adult fable or, you know, looking back on it, maybe like an edgy teenage fable as to why it snows and, you know, trying to see this weird dichotomy happening around Christmas time of, uh, you know, this, uh, this misfit that uh, was once beloved, but now is, is being maligned by a community. Again, during Christmas time, I used to always get into my hot topic shopping feels. Like, I, um, yeah, uh, shout out to Edward Scissorhands. Uh, I might not be in love with it anymore, but it still has a place in my heart. All right. So that was the K-Cut. Happy holidays. And we will uh, chat next week, nonetheless. So uh, we are now going until the L-Cut. <laughs> <laughs>